Welcome to This Is A Man's World, She Who Dares Wins podcast. Join me as we talk about my 12 years worth of experience in the construction industry. And I have special guests on too, who will discuss how they have survived a man's world. And more importantly, how they've thrived. Sit tight for some hopefully entertaining, inspiring and downright hilarious stories. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, then please head over to This Is A Man's World Patreon account where for a small sum you can grab yourself some extra bonus podcasts and a whole load of other goodies. Plus you'll be supporting the podcast and that means we'll be back with more episodes in the future. Okay, welcome to This Is A Man's World podcast, She Who Dares Wins, and today's special guest is Chelsea Smith, a welder from the USA. Welcome. Hi. Ah, Thanks for coming on. I'm really looking forward to chatting with you. I've not chatted with a welder yet, so you're the first. Yes. (laughs) There's a lot for me to learn, I feel. Okay, let's just jump straight in, if you don't mind. And did you always want to be a welder? No. Um, I kind of fell into welding. I started out, I've always been into like hot rods and classic cars and stuff like that. And I really wanted to do um, auto body and like building the bodies and stuff like that of classic cars and restoring them. But um, so I went to school for auto body and someone suggested doing welding to supplement that. So I started taking welding classes and I was like, this is actually pretty cool. I get to like fix a lot of stuff and uh, it took me in more of a direction than the auto body did. So. Oh, that's cool. So it was your interest in cars that then led you down the route of, I guess, um, do you do industrial welding? Is that the type of welding you do? Um, I currently, I build ovens, um, like steamer ovens and stuff for um, uh, cafeterias and uh, um, like buffet places and stuff like that. Things that have to cook a lot of food for a lot oh, of nice. people. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Yeah, I've had other welding jobs though. Um, like I used to build cement trucks um, not too long ago um, to get through college. I used to fix go kart frames at like ten bucks a pop, and uh, just little things here and there. I used to uh, modify seat frames for hot rods. I did like um, in uh, interior work for hot rods, and I modified the seat frames so we could build custom seats for them. So. I've been here and there. Yeah, no, that's cool. And to be honest, with you, like it's one thing that when someone says welder, like there are so many jobs. That I guess you, you could go into in different fields once you start thinking about it. Um, like, how did you? So once you trained, like, how did you actually get you start? Um, I went to school. Um, I went to a community college here, and I got my associate's degree in welding from here, uh, and then I just kind of was asking around or looking around for different jobs after that. Um, it, I have about a eight year gap from the point that I actually graduated to the point I got my actual first professional welding job. So it took me a little while, but <laughs> I'm here now and I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> So it took you, um, you said there was a big eight-year gap between um, qualifying and then getting your first job. Yes. Um, I 
got married right after college and I tried to find jobs at that point. It, the industry wasn't quite as booming at that point. And I got very discouraged. Uh, there was a few places that I did apply and my the references that I had did not have very nice things to say that their bosses said about me. Um, mostly that I would be a distraction in the workplace, uh, which was very discouraging. No way. Uh, yeah, I got that from two different people. They were like, well, yeah, I think that you would be really good here, but my boss doesn't seem to think it'd be a really great idea for, to have a young girl in the workplace. So that was oh, very discouraging. <laughs> yeah. And I went into oh. another place that I really, really wanted to work. And I had this whole conversation with this guy and I thought it was going really well and like asking him all of the points about what I would need for the job. And at the end of it, he was like, all right, sweetheart, I'll, I'll send this on to my supervisor. I was like, oh. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so I just, uh. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you didn't take anything that I just said seriously. Thank you for that. <laughs> so I take it, was it, was that then eight years of, of retrying or were you discouraged for quite a long time? No, soon after that, I ended up getting pregnant and um, I was very discouraged, honestly. It was a lot of fear. Um, so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to wait till my kid gets into kindergarten. And yeah. then at that point, he was in kindergarten for a year. I was like, I need to do this because I was working at a coffee shop and I was talking about it all the time. I was like, I need to just do this. Otherwise, I'm just a fake and I like have this degree that I'm not using and doing something I don't. I mean, I loved my job at that point, but it's not what I wanted to be doing. So yeah, it, it just took, you, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. And I was just saying, and, um, so after that, what, what was the breakthrough? What kind of got you going? Honestly, just seeing other people doing it, um, getting on Instagram and stuff and seeing these people just like these women just crushing it in these fields, uh, got me just like so pumped. I was like, man, if they can do it and like these other people, like breaking down other like bigger barriers and stuff than I was. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm just sitting here like throwing pity parties, basically. Just get out and do it. Get out of your comfort zone, you know? When I started out, I think probably similar to you, uh, I wasn't really that into Instagram. And so I didn't have the influence um, from other women out there at the time. Uh, now who are inspiring others and so the knockbacks really hurt so yeah I uh, feel your pain for that long stretch of time and uh, it's just it's so good to hear that you carried on though and eventually cracked it because that's what I think that message will get uh, will hit home with other girls yeah yeah it's 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 just getting getting out of your comfort zone and taking that first step the first step's always the hardest but once you do it it's like man I can do this what else can I do and it just opens up a whole world view. Yeah, and I think to be honest with you, like once you've overcome that first step of actually, like you say, getting that first job, then things do get slightly easier. Um, it's a it's a roller coaster, but <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what? So now, uh, what's a kind of like typical day in your life of of going and and doing your job? Well. I I have right now what I call my unicorn job. Like I had, I've had a couple pretty crappy jobs, um, and I found this job because I uh, was sick of doing overtime all the time, which is pretty much every any any manufacturing job you're going to do overtime all the time. But 
Um, so I am the only welder where I am right now. There's only like seven people that I work with, okay. which is pretty amazing. <laughs> um, and I'm just back in my own area in a, like a little weld shop and I gather all my parts and um, figure out what I need to do that day and just kind of put on my headset, put my hood down and listen to a podcast and just kind of weld through the day. <laughs> so at the moment, thankfully, I'm very thankful for the job that I have because I I had to wade through a lot of stuff in other jobs. And um, my job right now, I do not have to put up with a lot. So you got left to your own devices then? Yes, which is amazing. Like the fact that I'm trusted enough that my boss trusts me enough to just do my own thing, I really appreciate for sure. Yeah, long time coming, but after I guess all these um, all these years, the, it's nice to have a job where you, I guess, feel comfortable going to work and don't have any issues from previous um, experiences. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've <laughs> my job before this was pretty crazy, and I I pretty much got this job out of um, rage job finding, if that's a thing. I don't know, <laughs> but <laughs> I just got really mad at work a few days in a row. I was like, nope, screw it. I'm done. I'm getting another job. And I just started looking for other jobs while I was at work. <laughs> so you see, I've done that. Yeah. Well, you give me an inlet. Like how bad are we talking with this previous job? Like, um, do you have any experiences that are shocking? Um, what, you know, what made you move? I kind of like on this man's world to tell the true story. So I, I do like it when people are like, well, this happened and this happened. Have you got anything you can share with us that, um, just get it off your chest. Um, <laughs> well, the the thing that really like it was a straw that broke the camel's back. Like it was not a very safe environment, not necessarily for me um, as far as like the men around me or anything like that by any means. I got along with a lot of guys there. Like there was obviously issues with certain guys, but um, no, the biggest thing was I used to, when I was building the cement barrels, we had build them built them in three different sections and then we had to fit them all together with a crane and the way that okay. you did that was they're they're all tapered so you would stick one inside of the other and then pull it up with the crane and then try to basically whack it into place um which is not a very safe practice and you have you have the bottom barrel part um welded to a giant plate on the floor and i couldn't get the the top or yeah it was the top section to move I had three parts of it welded on and I needed to do my fourth one back on it and I couldn't get it in place so I asked my team lead I was like what do I do in this situation and he's like just hit it with a hammer and keep pressing up on the crane I was like this does not sound right but it's what you're telling me to do <laughs> so that's what I kept doing I whacked it with a hammer as hard as I could, pulled up on the crane a little bit, like just a little bit at a time. But, uh, and all, I, one time I hit the button on the crane to go up and the entire thing shot up three feet in the air. And this is probably 14 to 16 feet worth of steel in a cone shape. Like it's huge. And thankfully it stayed attached to the crane. Otherwise it would have probably crushed me or someone that was near me. And I got out of the way fast enough that it didn't hit me on the swing out. But at that point I was like, nope, I'm done. And then that crane broke and they did not fix it. So they just told us to keep using it in its broken state. It's like, no, no, I'm not doing this. I'm, it was to the point where 
I was like, I'm going to leave this job in either a body bag or an ambulance and that I'm not okay with that. So. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I, um, yeah, I've been in situations where others have been at risk on site as well, you know, and, and, and as a manager being asked to tell others to do things that I know is unsafe and I, I, I won't, I go against the grain, but at the risk of really annoying um, a manager or a superior. But I think that this is one thing that when um, people say to me, why should there be more women in trades and in the industry? And I do say because health and safety sometimes, I don't know whether it is the guys, but I think it gets thrown out the window. And I don't know what, yes, we are probably more cautious. That's, that's probably just something that, you know, that we are. But I actually think that could help because I think, there's so many risks that are taken that just don't need to be. And it's a day, any industry is Danish industry. I imagine yours especially is dangerous. There's no need to take these extra risks for, for, you know, for what? Because if something happens to you, I'm sure you just get replaced. Oh yeah. Which is. Well, that's the attitude that people, that these managers and stuff have. And these not necessarily always managers. It's you guys that get stuck in the middle, which sucks. And, but yeah, it's just, it doesn't matter. Whatever production needs, whatever it mean, needs to get out the door without the factor of like, there's a person there that you need to watch out for. And I mean, I've he- heard people literally having their superiors tell them, it's like, well, we can just replace them. Like the value of human life is just yeah. terrible and it's so sad. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I, um, I wrote recently about an experience I had when I was quite young on site and uh, one of the machine drivers had a heart attack and one of the lads that was with me uh, kind of dealt with it firsthand and this guy died in front of us. Oh my gosh. And uh, yeah, and I know I was really young. I'd, it was probably, um, yeah, I'd not been on the job long with the company and we were just told to crack on and just get on with the job. And, and that there'd be a new machine driver there tomorrow. Oh, and this, this guy's wife was phoning saying, you know, when's he coming home from, it was just horrific. And I, at that point I really realized, I was like, this is really brutal. And, um, yeah, it's, it's hard. Um, yeah. and, and, and since I've seen accidents happen and, and it's just, well, we'll get someone else in. You just think it, no job is worth losing a life. Um, so yeah, uh, much respect for you for, for, yeah calling it a day on that job because I think sometimes that's all you can do when you can't change the system all you can do is move on right and I I I agree with you too with having that you feel that women are a bit uh, more cautious with that type of stuff is I like when I left that job I had an entire list for HR I was like I am going over all of this with you you asked what I felt and I am going to give you everything that I feel so which other guys were like, they, they would just leave before they even got, um, got their final interview and everything like that, their exit interview. They're like, no, I am staying until my exit interview because I want you to know how everyone on the floor feels. And yeah, that's good. Did you feel like they listened to you? No, no, not at all. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, like I, I wrote in a couple of places about the crane too. And I was like, you know what, if something happens, at least this is in writing in a folder somewhere. And if yeah. action needs to be taken, there it's there you know and I guess you can sleep at night knowing that you've done your bit as much as you possibly can yeah yeah Um, I don't know I I definitely uh, have no problem standing up for myself and telling people what I think like in a nice way I don't I don't push buttons too much I think at least but (laughs) I don't yeah no I find 
I find the older that I get, the more I just say stuff. And I, there's no filter anymore because I'm just like, I've been here, I've seen it, I'm sick of it. And you're going you're gonna to hear firsthand what I'm going to say. But isn't it so great that you could finally, finally feel comfortable to do that? <laughs> yeah. And, and to me, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, and I think sometimes I get respected for, for being that way because it's like, you say it how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure lots of things are said behind my back, but you know, I don't. Yeah, past the point of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At that point, you're just like whatever. Like, <laughs> but it's it's nice yeah. to be that voice too. That's like other people are saying all this. I'm like, well, if no one's going to say something to this, no one's going to bring this subject up. I'm going to bring it up. I have no problem going up to the production manager and being like, hey, everyone has this problem. Something needs to change. And <laughs> yeah. It's amazing how you get the idea about you've got you have the biggest, burliest guys that, you know, will say exactly what they feel about me or any other work colleague. But when it comes to approaching um, the matter with a boss, goes into this like tiny little fairy that wouldn't say boots and I'm like, okay. <laughs> I know, I think that, yeah. <laughs> when I, I've had... Um... I've had interviews and stuff with the production manager at my previous job and people like I've said stuff to him and I didn't think it was even that bad. And people are like, oh, you said that to him. I'm like, well, how is he going to know if I don't say it? <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, I take it in that job you, and um, in previous jobs that you had, are you the only female? Um, yeah, I was the only female in the weld shop. It was a decent sized weld shop. There was probably about a hundred employees total in the entire place. Um, Mm -hmm. and in production, there was two other women, but that was on like the other side of the wall. So I didn't get a lot of interaction, unfortunately with them, but, um, it would have been nice. Yeah. Yeah, No, I always think I'd love to work with other women on the job. It's just so, so few and far between. How generally do you find working with guys? Um, and has that changed over the years with experience? Uh, I've always enjoyed working with guys. Like, I mean, even when I was in school, I was 18 when I went to school and I was usually the only woman um, in my classes every time and again, there'd be another one, but I'm pretty comfortable with it. Like growing up around cars and hot rods and all that, I was always used to um, being like this little 12 year old, like walking up and asking this middle-aged man about like, oh, what kind of engine you got? (laughs) You know, so I have no problem working with guys and talking with them. It's it's frustrating that you have to prove yourself first before a guy actually takes you seriously. I feel like most of the time, but, um, I really enjoy, I, I'm pretty comfortable with working with guys and I really enjoy it. Yeah. I, I, um, understand what you mean about proving yourself. I, I guess it doesn't matter how much experience you have. I mean, I'm going into my 12th year in construction and, uh, you still feel like every day someone's waiting to, um, you know, find your weakness. And I don't feel like the guys have that. Um, So yeah, it's nice to hear you feel the same as well. Um, Yeah, starting in a new job is always tough. And that's why I feel for anyone new coming into the industry, because not only have you got to learn when you're starting out, but you've also got to try and earn respect, which is hard when you have little experience. Would you you have any advice for anyone that, you know, would be in that position in your field of welding? yeah, I, I have a lot of it. I feel like um, just making yourself available, I have found in jobs. Um, like when you're, when you're going into a job, like just make yourself available to any advice that someone has for you. Like ask questions, ask so, so many questions, like not in an annoying way, obviously, but um, 
yeah, if you don't know, just ask. Like when you're walking into a weld test, ask them what they expect to see, what they want you to see, what they normally have on the machines um, as far as settings go and things like that. And sometimes you won't get the right answers or or any answers. Like some guys are just going to be like, well, we'll see what this girl can do, you know. Um, But you know what? If people are going to have like this huge front in the first place, you might not want to work there (laughs) anyways. But that's a good point. Um, yeah, another thing that kind of blew me away that Hewlett Packard did a study that men will apply for jobs when they feel they are 60% qualified for a job. Women will apply for jobs most of the time when they feel they are only 100% um, qualified for that job. Uh, yeah. This is insane. Like, and I, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's crazy. You have to level that playing field. Like, if you see a job and you're like, ah, I don't know if I can do that, be like, all right, do I qualify for 60% of this? Because <laughs> the next guy that is applying for this job is going to be applying when it's about this. So just level that. Yeah, and I'd, I'd, even say, I'd even say 60%. I've worked with some guys that have come on site to be a manager and they've, their whole CV is a lie. <laughs> And you can smell you can smell it straight away. And I'm thinking, how has this person got the audacity to be telling me what to do? We haven't got, and other guys can see it too, but they go along with mm. it. And I'm thinking, this is crazy. And yet you're right that I think um, generally women we do think, oh, I'm not good enough yet. Uh, and uh, what I found is that actually, if you just go for something when you are sixty percent there, you need to learn room to to learn anyway. You're never going to know everything. Oh, yeah. Well, that's part of what I realized too, coming into different jobs, like the last, the last two that I've done, um, I wasn't sure if I could do them, but at the same time, like, you know, I'm just going to go in there and if I can't do it, then I tried and I'm going to learn something out of it. So why not? Um, but when I was looking at, when I was looking at different places to apply for and stuff, I was like, I don't feel like I'm qualified for any of this. And then I was like, well, you know what, if I'm not qualified for any of them, I might just, I might as well just start applying to some of them. So <laughs> And that's how I ended up getting the jobs I've had. Yeah, and let someone else decide rather than, um, like you say, we kind of put, I suppose, boundaries on ourselves, whereas at the end of the day, it's down to the employer. And if they think you're good enough, then you've got the start and you crack on with right. it. Yeah, and the, the, yeah, no, that's- my, the when I went into the weld test um, for the cement company that I used to work for, uh, I, I was so nervous because I'd never done a well test for a job before. And it had been eight years in between me actually doing like some industrial welding in school and stuff. And then me and going and taking this well test. I'm like, oh my gosh, this, I'm going to bomb. This is going to be terrible, whatever. And I went in and took the test and he was, he actually was really impressed with it. And he told me that. And um, the production manager later was like, yeah, he doesn't get impressed with people very easily. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I guess I didn't have anything to worry about. And he asked me if I could do TIG as well. I was like, I was terrible at TIG in, in school. And, but I, I mean, I had to pass that class. So obviously I did enough to pass. And he's like, well, let's just try it. So I took a TIG test too. And he's like, uh, yeah, you can TIG. And I ended up being their main TIG welder there. <laughs> Uh, oh, that's amazing. That's so good. That's definitely going to inspire some people out there for sure. And what do you think the attitudes are like towards women in your trade? Um, 
I guess, throughout America and internationally as far as you can see. Um, attitudes as far as what? As far as, um, you know, if I always speak to people and they want to get more girls into trades and when I go, when I've been in the past and done talks at schools, girls have been like, oh, I can't do that. Like, that's not, that's not a job for, for a girl. Do you think those attitudes still stand and that we've got a long way to go to change them? Um, I think that there, I mean, there's definitely that there still. Um, I feel like being on Instagram, I might be in a little bit of a bubble because I don't know any other women in the trade personally, but, um, yeah, I think it's getting better. I feel like I see a lot more stuff of women in the trades and stuff around here, like in advertisements and things like that. And I feel like it's becoming a bit more mainstream and the attitude is definitely changing. I was like, yeah, girls can do it. And so I think it's helping. I think, I think it's changing. Um, and I think, I think in 10 years, it's definitely going to be a different uh, scene at work where there's definitely going to be more people, especially we have a huge trades gap here. Um, right. I, I'm not sure if it's the same there or not, but all these, all these guys are retiring out of these trades and there's no one to pick up the slack. Um, so I think that it's starting to get pushed a little bit that like, Hey, we need people in the trades. Why don't women come up and pick up this slack? Like, I think that women are having this attitude. It's like, well, if, if it's needed and it's paying well, why don't I do it? So I think, I think it's definitely getting better. Yeah. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, um, I feel like the generation that are leaving now that are trained up and, um, some of the issues I've had in the past with attitudes from men towards me being on site have been with the older generation that, that fair enough, don't know anything mm. else. And I feel like sometimes the younger generation, when I work with those guys, they actually don't, you know, they don't, they, yeah, they, they, it turns ahead when I walk on site because there aren't any other females on there. But once they've started working with me, um, I don't really have to change their attitude as such. Or I don't have to work as hard to get their respect. So I'm hoping that this, you know, change and, and the next generation that comes through. Not only girls' attitudes towards jobs are changed, but guys that are working alongside them will as well. Do you feel that way yeah, as well? Yeah, definitely. Um, most of the problems I've had have been with guys that have been a bit older. Um, but I, any of like any of people that are about my age, I'm about I'm I'm 31. So anyone that's my age or younger, I tend to not have problems with. And those are the guys I usually end up making yeah. friends with because they just, they don't care. Like they've never really said anything about me being a girl or anything. So uh, yeah, when, yeah, I agree with that for sure. I did a bit of Instagram stalking and I saw on one of your posts that um, there were two pairs of work boots. Is your husband in the trade? Uh, he is not in welding. He does some welding at his job, but he is a group lead um, that builds parts for uh, mostly for Jeep. Okay, so that is is that nice because my husband has nothing to do with construction industry. And to be honest with you, some of the stories I hold back on because it's another world. Oh. <laughs> is it nice? Uh, yeah, as you can imagine, is it nice having someone that knows what? the situation can be to when do you go home and and talk about things and get things off your chest or um or do you find that he comes back with um I don't know advice or what's it just what's it like married to someone who's in a similar trade yeah um so the great thing is we kind of entered the trades 
about the same time because he worked at a bank for, I don't know, it was like 17 years or something like that. And the bank ended up closing and he ended up going into this job that he has now about a year ago. So we enter the trades about the same time. So it's pretty cool us talking about our different experiences with that. And especially with him being in a group lead position, because he's the one that usually has to field all of the, any complaints and stuff about uh, like guys not leaving this, these girls alone or whatever, you know? So he, I feel like he understands more of what I'm talking about now um, than like when I was in college and stuff like that that he's like yeah I see it like these guys just like kind of huddling around these girls all the time these girls are just trying to get work done you know <laughs> so yeah yeah that, must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that must be uh that must be good to have someone as a, a sounding board then I guess yeah yeah it definitely helps and I think there are some he definitely brings me back to earth at times too especially in my previous job because like I said I, don't, I really don't have problems in my job right now but my previous job, that poor man, I would just come home. And honestly, I cried every weekend I was at that job. Like I loved the work, but it was so much stress in every other category that you just got the brunt of all of it. And he's such an amazing and strong guy to put up with me for that. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like um, sometimes I've come if I've had a particular bad day or come across like I had a, an architect on site once who refused to come on site just because I was the engineer. Oh my god! Um, yeah, when I got home, I was like absolutely raving, and my husband was like, "You need to calm down and just go and chill out." Um, yeah, uh, God knows what I'd have done if I hadn't taken a bit of time out because sometimes you just see red mist and it's just infuriating. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. That makes me mad for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, there's been a few over the years. Um, and my instinct is to fight back instantly, is to mm. either say something or do something. And that's what I've learned over the years is actually it's much better to take time away and then go back um, level headed. Otherwise, you end up saying things you regret afterwards. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Understandable. <laughs> There's another girl on Instagram that I just saw went through that. She is a driller and this company would not work with her. And she's, I mean, she's really upset by it. And I feel like the whole community is upset by it too. Like that is just awful that a guy just wouldn't work with you or a company because the fact that you're a girl. Like, why? Like, yeah. <sighs> It's yeah. I mean, I was I was lucky in that I had I worked for quite a support, um, very supportive company, and the managing director of the company actually pulled him aside and said, "Look, it's two thousand and and actually it was only last year, two thousand and eighteen. Uh, if you don't want to work, with, you know, Michelle's the engineer. If you don't want to work with her, then there's not a lot we can do to work together." Oh, um, which was really grateful for. Um, but then I was kind of a bit angry as well because I wanted to go into, I was stopped from going into a meeting with him because I wanted to go into a meeting and confront him head on. Right. Um, but then I guess they realized that I probably wouldn't have been able to filter my response. <laughs> <laughs> so it was good. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how I'd be too. I'm like, no, I don't want, I, I appreciate the support, but I want to take care of the situation. But yeah, at the same time, yeah. if he's not going to even work with you, he's probably not going to, he's probably just going to have a wall up and not even listen either. 
Yeah. And I was also always a little bit conscious of the fact that whilst they were telling me exactly what they were going to say to him, I wasn't sure whether they were just going to go into the meeting and go, oh, you know, it's 2000. Unfortunately, we have to work with women. I'm really sorry about it. I didn't know whether that was going to be the conversation had. So I was a little bit uneasy about it, but I had to trust them that they would deal with it in the right way, which I believe they did. Do you have any other crazy stories that you would, you know, love to share? Um, I have a story about a go-kart catching on fire and falling on me. Do you want to hear that one? <laughs> yeah. yeah. When I was in college, this was, so when I was younger, I did not stand up for myself very much. <laughs> um, like you said, it kind of comes with time. And, um, but so I was probably 19. And I was working at this really crappy go-kart track that the guy didn't want to replace anything. So he just had me come and weld the go-kart back together with this really terrible, like $200 flux core MIG welder. And it it could not weld anything together like for the life of it. So um, that doesn't really matter, but it was just funny to me. (laughs) But um, so I got there and I was 19 at the time. So I did not, I never stood up for myself at that point. It was always just like shrink myself, make myself whatever is needed, you know, and um, don't ruffle any feathers. So I had to, the place I had to weld was underneath and kind of close to the gas tank. So I asked the guys, I was like, hey, can you guys drain this gas tank for me? Because I didn't know where anything was. I didn't know what to put the gas in, gas in or anything like that. So I was like, can you show me where the stuff is or can you drain it for me? And they're like, no, no, it'll be fine. Like, I don't think it's going to be fine because I am welding next to a gas tank. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they're like, no, no, it'll be fine. And just like refuse to do it. So I was like, all right, well, I guess I got to get this done. And granted, this is like, I, I charge like $10 a go-kart. So this is all for the amount of $10 that I'm doing all of this. Um, so I, I put the go-kart up on its side and I think I put tried to put something over it so the sparks want to get to the gas tank and I start welding on it and it, I did not realize that there was a puddle forming underneath. So I'm welding away and I like, I feel, I was like, man, it's getting kind of warm. I think there's a fire. <laughs> So I looked up my head and there's fire on the floor and it caught the go-kart on fire. And I was like, oh crap. <laughs> so then I start freaking out and then I try to like get up and I knock the go-kart over on top of me. And wow. it wasn't, I mean, it had a motor on it, so it wasn't necessarily light. So <laughs> then I'm freaking out even more trying to get this go-kart off of me. And like, I just have this thought, I'm just like, I'm going to die in this really crappy, dirty go-kart track that I don't even want to be at. I'm just going to fire the go-kart. This is the end. <laughs> so I'm like, no, no, this can't happen. So I eventually like wiggle my way out of this crushing, fiery go-kart. And I like run over to the break room. And this guy starts kind of meandering out, just like, staring at me eating a hot dog and just like looks the fire and then looks at me I'm like where is your fire extinguisher and just in the most nonchalant way just like kind of looks around and then looks points slowly I feel like <laughs> the wall where the fire extinguisher is and ran around and grabbed the fire extinguisher and put the fire out this guy just like goes back in the break room and finishes eating his hot dog <laughs> like <laughs> 
what is this place? I don't know, but nobody here cares about anything. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to ask the most important question here. Did you get your $10? Yes, I got, I got my $10. <laughs> For some reason, I got back after that. I don't know why, but... <laughs> oh, my God. I did let that guy clean up the fire extinguisher mess, though. <laughs> Yeah, too right. That's quite ah. Oh. And yet your gut instinct told you that something wasn't gonna go right. But yeah. it's like you say, you do silly things. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> yeah, like well next to next to anything that had gas or anything flammable in it, please. <laughs> it will go wrong. It can go wrong. What you know, what do you love about your job? I love so much about my job, honestly. Even even the crappy jobs that I've had, I just love the fact that like I can start with this like blank sheet of metal and make something out of it. Like it's so amazing to be able to see what you have done throughout the day. And just the fact that it's like, man, I can make almost anything. If I have like if I just have like these raw materials, like I can just build this up and uh, my husband laughs at me because I like if I have four days off of work, I start itching and I go into my own like shop at home. I'm like, I just have to weld something. <laughs> oh, that's nice. That's that's awesome. If there's a girl out there or a woman out there who wants to be a welder and they're sat at home and thinking, ah, oh, maybe, maybe not what would you say to them if you were put in front of them? I mean, if you're not sure, you might as well try it, right? Like I am all about just trying stuff because you are going to regret not doing something a lot more than you're going to regret doing something. So if it doesn't work out, whatever, like what's the big deal? Like if you don't like it or if you don't find yourself in an unsafe environment, find something else, you know, but um, yeah, you might as well put yourself out there and anything that you do now is making it easier for the girls that come up behind you. So it's not, it's not only about us and our situations right now, but um, yeah, if you're worried about doing stuff because of like any situations that you're going to get in with any guys or anything like that, mm-hmm. it's getting better and you can only make it better. Nice. So Awesome. I know I said that was my last question, but I'm going to fit one more in. And what, do you, and what would you say to, um, employers or you know industry um bodies what would you say to them that we need to be doing to change things so that uh, you know what do we need to be changing in the future to help girls become welders i think employers just giving women the chance like um i i hate to admit this i feel like this is like almost a shameful thing but I stopped putting my first name on my applications and resumes because I find I don't get as many calls back, Ah. Um, which is, I feel awful for doing it. But at the same time, it's like, if I can get my face in there and I can prove that I am just as worthy as any guy that walks in that door, yeah, um, then I feel like that is a barrier that has been broken down. Um, So yeah, just give us a chance. (laughs) Like, uh, I, any place that I have been, I have only gotten positive feedback about being a female in the workplace and about 
like, man, you listen so much better than the guys. I'm not saying every girl's going to be that way or every guy doesn't listen or anything, but yeah, as far as um, I go in with the attitude of, I am here to make it better for the next woman. Um, so awesome. yeah, just let it, let us be there, teach us. And I feel that women are very willing to help the next woman in line. Um, so yeah, I think that if, if they just give us a chance and let us, <laughs> let us prove ourselves, I think most employers would be pretty happy with a lot of the women that they were, that they would hire. That's awesome. Um, I want to thank you so much for coming on today and chatting with me. It's been incredible. And uh, you're doing awesome things on Instagram and inspiring others. So keep doing that. Thank you very much for being a guest. Yeah, thanks so much for inviting me. It was awesome. And I appreciate that you're doing this because I am so sick of hearing the same guys talk about trades on podcasts. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're great. There's some really great podcasts out there, but to actually have have a woman in the trades doing a podcast like I'm so pumped about this <laughs> yeah no I, I um I'm just excited to do it because to be honest with you like uh, the video stuff that I do it takes a lot of effort to put in and I get a little bit overwhelmed with Instagram at times and a podcast mm-hmm. is just nice because you get that one-to-one and we can bounce off each other I, it's interesting for me to find about with the trades but it's a new area so we'll see how things going but so far um just like yourself has some incredible guests and I'm really looking forward to then you know getting this content out there and seeing what people think and hopefully like I say uh, what it's all about is inspiring the next generation and then giving employees things to think about um but what the reason why I started this was to uh, be honest and so that honesty means we come with the good and the bad um mm-hmm. I think we've had a perfect balance on this podcast so it's been epic no, I pre- <laughs> good I appreciate that I'm really looking forward to hearing other guests that you've you've interviewed too so oh, it'll well, be awesome brilliant well um enjoy enjoy the rest of your weekend <laughs> well thanks a lot have a good thanks, one <laughs> you too bye-bye Thank you for taking the time to download and listen to this episode of This Is A Man's World, She Who Dares Wins. I hope you've enjoyed it. And if you want to support the podcast, please head over to our Patreon page where you can grab yourself some extra bonus goodies. Don't forget to check out the This Is A Man's World blog where you can get show notes on every episode, where you can read exclusive blog posts from myself and check out our merchandise. It's www.thisisamansworld.co.uk. If video's your thing, then why not head over to This Is A Man's World YouTube channel. You can hit subscribe there and watch a load of videos of me out on the construction site. Or go ahead and follow me on Instagram. If you're listening to this podcast via the Anchor app, then please go ahead and leave me a voice message. I'd love to hear from you and I'll be answering all questions on a special Q&A podcast. Thanks for listening and see you soon.